Self-care, self-love, and mental health have been trending topics in today's culture. Although these concepts are discussed, it's hard to grasp how to fathom how we can begin the path to self-love ourselves. Today, our guests, Zane Landon and I, your host, Sam Aiko, will discuss the path to self-love and his pers- will discuss his path to self-love and his personal journey walking this path himself. Growing up, Zane Landon struggled with anxiety and depression. He often felt like he didn't fit in. While striving to find himself, Zane lost his number one support, his mom. Zane and I have this in common. The loss of our mother didn't stop us. Instead, it pushed us to find our inner strength to serve our communities. Zane has worked at places like USAID, NASA, and General Motors. He is a mental health and disability advocate, queers right activist, entrepreneur, and positive change maker. He identifies as Hispanic, queer, and disabled. He is also the founder of Positive Vibes Magazine, a digital magazine dedicated to telling authentic stories about mental health, wellness, and inspiration. He is the founder and president of Landing Dreams PR, a consulting business working with media and mental health advocates. Follow our show and bookmark our podcast so you don't miss out on our fantastic Matrix mentors. It's nice to meet you, Zane. Welcome to the Organic Matrix. It's nice to meet you, too. Thank you so much for allowing me to be in the Organic Matrix. It's an honor. Can you tell us a little bit about your story? As you mentioned, you know, I struggled growing up with mental health, depression, anxiety, and I really never felt there was a place for me. I always felt out of place wherever I was. Even today, I still have a challenging time kind of fitting in and I think that that's an issue not that I can't fit in but we pressure ourselves to fit in that we have to conform to a certain kind of standard that other people have kind of expected instead of you know appreciating and kind of learning about each other's differences and also reminding ourselves that we're not that different though so I think that we focus so much on what makes us different rather than what makes us similar or, yeah, I actually do think that. And I think that's exactly the problem why a lot of people have a hard time fitting in is because the things that make them different, let's celebrate those differences. Let's see how we can create community through that rather than what makes us similar. I mean, it makes sense, though. I mean, you create community from people that are like-minded and similar, but like, I love communities that come together that people don't have much in common, but they have that one commonality, but they're still very different. You know, even like talking about grief, I... I was on the podcast and they said that grief is kind of like a new realm that once you enter the realm of grief, you're always on that side. Um, and so even, even when it's circumstances are very different on how someone's loved one passed away, like that small sliver still connects us, but we're still so different. We can still find that common ground and that understanding, even if it's a vastly a different experience. Um, so that, that's what I will say about that and it was hard though my mom passed away in january of 2021 so it was pretty recent uh it's gonna be almost two years um next month and so time has gone slow and pretty fast though um it's it's an interesting concept but you know especially when you first experience it your whole world kind of collapses you feel like everything has changed and you don't know how you're gonna move forward and so time feels excruciatingly slow and then you kind of kind of kind of get through life again and time goes fast that's why i always tell people 
try to live in the present. And when you can have those moments with people where you're together, or even if you're just watching TV with your family, those are the moments that try to stay in the present. Because one day those moments will be gone. Amen. Yeah. And I think, you know, even even things like maybe you're going to an event or you're you're attending this dinner or whatever it is, um, or you're Zoom chatting with a friend. Again, those are moments we should cherish and that we shouldn't take for granted. But I think a lot of people, not that they, um, no, yeah, I think people take it for granted because we don't anticipate every, anything like that ever happening. So that's why I tell people, try to live in the present. Don't get in your head. Don't try to overthink everything. Don't try to plan for everything because you have no idea what's going to come your way. It could be could be a good thing. It could be a bad thing. But I think as humans, we're always we're always having to change our outlook or every single thing. We're always constantly adapting. And for some people, they're scared to adapt, which I get it. Who wants to adapt? Who wants to change when you find some comfort? Right? But I, sometimes I also think if if you're too comfortable and you're at a place where you're not being challenged, I don't know how much you're really growing as a person. I love when I go to the gym and I see smoothie bars. However, I don't love smoothie bar prices. With my Blendjet 2 portable blender, I can make smoothie bar quality beverages for a fraction of the price, right before or after my workout. Blend anytime, anywhere with Blendjet 2 Portable Blender. Go to blendjet.com and use the code organicmatrix12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. Shop today and get the best deal ever. So I, I find that interesting. That's what I would say about that. And it was hard though. And you know, growing up, I experienced again mental health, but I also experienced, you know, there was a time where I was engaging in self-harm, thinking about suicide all the time. You know, in the recent tragedy that people are talking about right now um, with Twitch is that, you know, people are very shocked that he would do something like that. But I'm going to be completely honest, and this is not me being insensitive. I was not shocked at all. I understand, like, his family being shocked because they probably did not anticipate that at all. But for me, I'm not shocked when someone dies by suicide at all because I, I know the stats. I'm, I'm in the space. I'm always working in it. I always, I know people who have died by suicide. I know people who have attempted. And the stats are that 40 to 60 seconds a day, someone dies by suicide every minute. And I believe there's 1,400, 1,440 minutes. So 1,440 minutes in a day, which means that amount or even a little more people die by suicide and every single time a person dies by suicide 280 people decide not to which means literally hundreds of thousands of people think about suicide all the time it's this is not a taboo subject but we treat it as such because it is so scary and i understand people not wanting to talk about suicide because it's really scary like, who wants to actually engage in a conversation about something so permanent and consequential like that? Um, especially as a parent. I would never, if I were a parent, I would never want to hear my child thinking that. The truth is, as, as much as it's hard, we need to deal with it. And we need to talk about it. Because you'd rather have it hard now and uncomfortable now than in a month that they're not here anymore. Like, what would you rather have? So I think that embrace those uncomfortable conversations because it is uncomfortable to talk about suicide but like if we don't and that that person does actually succeed in dying by suicide 
that's worse. You know, I'd rather have a conversation. There's that trendy post that I, I love, though. I think it's great. It's I'd rather have an uncomfortable, uncomfortable conversation than attend your funeral. And I think that's so powerful because it's like, I'm not saying that it's, it's as simple as having a conversation. No, there's a lot more to it. But I think that we need to have, but we do need to have more conversations. We also need to listen more because we hear that, you know, we, people who die by suicide, sometimes we'll, we'll be like, they seem like the happiest people. They seem like the, they had the most joy. They had the, the greatest life. They had a lot going on. Again, I don't know these people personally, but I think we need to really intently listen on what they're going through. Is there a moment that you felt something was a little off? Did you ever feel that they were a little disconnected? That is the moments we should be chasing because that's when they may be indicating that they need help. So again, because for especially for people like them, they they look happy. They seem happy and they're doing a, and a great job, for, you know, showing that they are. So I think that we need to be really conscious of what they're going through. And we hear all the time when you ask someone how they're doing, they go, I'm not doing well, but, you know, I'm positive and I'll get through it. We just kind of brush that off because we're like, okay, they have it handled. They maybe don't. And that's exactly when we should intervene and go, whoa, whoa, like, how's it going? Like, really, no, tell me what's going on. Are you doing okay? And I feel like that, we, I know I'm not saying we have to be alert all the time because, you know, sometimes people may just be happy and maybe they aren't just doing well, but in that moment, they're okay. But sometimes they may not be. So again, I think we need to be really conscientious of all these different things always happening because again, so many people experience it and it's sad when people are shocked because it does happen a lot and it is a shock of course for that to happen but we have to understand that it's a very normal experience at this point but we just don't treat it as such i know i'm on a little rant about suicide but i think it's really timely right now yes i think it's very important especially with how male suicide is so high right now i matrix members I, I would love this to be a reminder for us all to try to hold space for our loved ones. I've seen that. I've personally experienced as well that it can be challenging to hold space for someone else if we're not in a position to hold space for ourselves. A lot of times we're like self-medicating or using our distractions, our addictions, whether it's substance or habits like our cell phones or food and we use these things to like mask our feelings and if we're not personally dealing with our feelings it's very hard for us to have compassion for other people and hold space for them and then with how life is today we have all of the stimulus all around us it it's we have to be mindful and actually tell ourselves to be in the present moment which is ironic because we can't not be like in the present moment so it's so interesting to me how our minds work and we're how it's very common for us to always be living in the future like success thinking about our goals like we might sacrifice family time because we're thinking about some kind of goal that we want to accomplish it's easy to forget that it's all about the journey and not the destination that nothing really goes to plan but the people around you at that moment, like that's the eternities that we should be holding on to. And that, that that's one of the biggest lessons I've learned when like I personally lost my mom was how I wish I could have gotten some moments back. I wish I could have 
put more care and mindfulness into how I would speak to my mom. Like there's words that I wish I could have told her that I always pushed for tomorrow. These hard conversations that I avoided not knowing that I wouldn't have the chance to have them later on. And I love that you can come and be a strong voice to advocate for how we should pause for a moment and really give thanks to the people around us because like everything is so unpredictable like our mortality is highlighted after things like this especially with the pandemic and how many people we lost during that time Uh, how can somebody start to hold space for themselves so that they can hold space for others Hey there, health and wellness enthusiasts. Are you tired of sifting through countless supplement brands at their bold claims only to be disappointed by the quality or results? Your search ends here with Bulk Supplements. At BulkSupplements.com, they're dedicated to providing you with the finest, most reliable nutritional supplements without the fluff or gimmicks. Their products are thoroughly tested and come in their purest form so that you can trust that you are getting the best. With over 500 supplements available in bulk, including vitamins, minerals, herbs, mushrooms, amino acids, protein, you'll find exactly what you need to support your fitness journey, boost your immune system, or enhance your overall well-being. Why should you choose BulkSupplements.com? They prioritize the highest quality ingredients without unnecessary additives. Affordability. Their bulk options make you get more value for your money. Convenience. Shop easily online and enjoy hassle-free shipping right to your doorstep. And variety. Explore their extensive selection to find the perfect supplements for your unique needs. Transform your health and wellness routine with the power of BulkSupplements.com. Visit their website and use the promo code ORGANICMATRIX for a discount off your future purchases. Experience the difference that pure, high-quality supplements can make in your life. Remember, it's not about the supplements. It's about investing in a better you. The first step to holding space for yourself is acknowledging that you need it and you deserve it. I think that's the first step because why would you hold space for yourself if you don't think you deserve it? I think that so many people have so many doubts about who they are and what they bring to the table. I think every single person brings value. Like everyone brings some sort of valuable trait, some sort of story, some sort of characteristic that is unique and different, you know, and it comes from them. I think that totally like from the, the CEO to someone who's homeless to someone who it's working in an office job. All these people, again, are very different, but like they each have such a powerful story. I just think we don't tap into people's stories and how do we tell these stories that are captivating, you know, and that we're willing to listen. And I think everybody has that ability to be natural storytellers, but sometimes they're not encouraged to, and they don't think their story is worthy or valuable or interesting enough. Some people won't think their story is interesting, but they have this interesting family history or like a, of an interracial marriage or how they were immigrants or whatever it is. And they don't see it that way. And I think sometimes when we look at it that way, we don't see the worth of ourselves. And so the first step, in my opinion, to creating space for yourself is for one, acknowledging you deserve it, knowing that you are worthy and you're valuable, you bring value to someone. And once you do that, 
really assessing what it is you need. Once you get to that first step and then you realize I need this, then you have to question like, what is it I need though? Like what is it in my life I need to hold space for? Is it my self-esteem? Is it my time management? Is it I need to exercise more? Is it I actually do need to start seeking actual professional help and getting proper medication? Is it I need to spend more time with family? Is that I need to spend more time with myself and away from family? So I think that, again, I'm not going to tell people exactly what space they need to create for themselves, but just that it's important to do it. They really need to ponder on what it is that they really need and what they also desire. Because it's not just what you need. What do you want? Like, what do you actually want out of this? What is your goal for creating space for yourself? Is it to feel better about your body? Is it to feel better about your mental health? Um, is it to feel more in tune with your emotions? Whatever it is. I think that's important. And then once you can kind of figure out what your goals are, then you can figure out what the modality is. Is it you need to journal? Is it you need to exercise? Is it you need to meditate? Or is it you just need to volunteer for an organization? Whatever it is that brings you that internal peace and joy, I think is exactly what you should be looking for. And sometimes people don't know. Because I, I hear, you know, a lot of times people don't have a purpose. So they feel like they don't have a purpose or they feel stuck. For one, if someone's feeling stuck or they don't have a purpose, I think that they should... I think that they should kind of embrace that. I, I don't I don't see not having a direction as being lost. I actually think it's okay to be lost because it's actually a good indication of where your life is right now. And a lot of people think they have to have everything together all the time, which I completely don't agree with. <laughs> and I feel like also when people have to have everything together, they don't allow themselves to embrace that chaotic mess sometimes. But that is kind of a good thing. Sometimes we actually need that and you know if everything's predictable there, there's no journey there's no recognition there's no appreciation so for me that's what i would probably say about that thank you zane and i agree it, it all comes down to knowing knowing what space someone needs for themselves and um i noticed that a lot like in the beginning of my life personally i don't know how many people have this in common with me but i always thought that a purpose was something that was predetermined something that i was born into but as i grew up and as i learned got to know myself i realized that it was time for me to choose a purpose how how does the story look like for when you decided to choose your purpose it's interesting and i think also who knows what people argue but like some people could make that argument that our purpose is predetermined before we're born but even though we make a shift in our life that was still predisposition do you know what i mean so like even if you're even if your purpose did change maybe that was still purposeful maybe that's exactly what was supposed to happen i firmly believe then this is not for everyone but i do believe that universe has a path for us um but we also have self-control and it's like it's not i don't think it's 100 percent our path is set and 100% we have self-control. I feel like there are many moving things happening. <laughs> I just think you need to align with that, align with what you want. And also sometimes tune into like your, your like your subconscious desires, like actually listen to your dreams. I know they may sound weird, but maybe you have a random dream. Maybe it means something and maybe it's meant, to, maybe you need to explore something like that anyways. But for me, I, I think that, Finding a purpose is hard. And as you said, 
or as I said before, like, you know, feeling lost, I don't think is a detriment. I think it's something that can help you. Like, look at all the people during COVID. There are so many people that lost families, that lost loved ones, that lost their jobs. And you see them now and they completely changed their life. They decided to, instead of being scared of that directionlessness, if that's a word, they decided to actually move forward with that. And I think that is very scary for many people. So I think that during a time like COVID, like a terrible time, it actually was almost like a rebirth, a rebirth for some people mm-hmm. that they were able to kind of reinvent themselves and kind of change the course of what they thought was their path, which I think is great. So again, I'm just saying that that's an example that, you know, when we don't have a purpose, it's not necessarily a bad thing at all. Um, it just depends on, you know, what you do with it. And for me, sometimes I feel like the purpose kind of finds us. I don't, I don't necessarily think that I found my purpose. I, th- I think it found me because of the mental health conditions that I experienced. Um, and then like when I was having a lot of suicidal thoughts in university, I decided to withdraw from that semester. And then after that entire thing, I became more of a serious advocate. So it was like the purpose kind of found me. And that's not everyone's, that's not everyone's like, experience but because of my circumstances and what i was going through and i realized that i was not alone i didn't want other people to feel how i felt as bad as i did that is kind of what set my path so maybe i did find it but i really thought it found me as well but for people trying to find their path my my advice is always explore as many things as you can you can't do everything of course but like be open to things ask questions connect with people whatever it is don't limit yourself because i think what some people do is they focus on that kind of like what you said a little bit earlier was we feel like our path is set or we have a pre predetermined path and we kind of chase that instead what you should do is if that's your path that's great but don't don't limit yourself to what is possible and don't limit yourself to what your other interests are and what your other abilities are because for some like let's say someone's go into like a financial career what does that look like? Do not limit yourself to what specific positions you are thinking about. There's so much you can do with that. I feel like people also limit themselves because they only look at a major, they look at a career, they look at a certain kind of lifestyle. And they think I can only go in these narrow directions. And it's like, don't think that way. <laughs> you can go so many places with it. You just got to let yourself think you can. Um, and also just connect with people. That's my thing. My thing is only, you know, be present and be open and be vulnerable, like be open to any possibility. You know, I never thought that I would be doing this work or mental health. I thought I was going into a different career path altogether, but now I decide to embrace this other side of myself that was a bit more personal and vulnerable. And I don't think I could see it any other way. And again, that doesn't mean that I have everything together. I definitely don't. <laughs> Just like everyone else, just because you have a purpose um, that doesn't mean that everything is set to go. There's always going to be changes. There's always going to be things changing. So you kind of have to always prepare that just because you find your purpose doesn't mean that everything is going to be, you know, all together. Things are still going to be scattered at times. And and again, there's also nothing wrong with changing your purpose. Hey there, coffee lovers. Did you know that your daily cup of joe might be tainted with oils and chemicals? If you follow me on social media, you are well aware that I'm all about checking labels and it's time we say goodbye to these harmful additives in 2023. Shockingly, many of America's beloved coffee creamers contain ingredients that you'll never knowingly mix into your coffee, 
such as canola oil, this potassium phosphate, and artificial and flavors. But don't worry, we've got your back Liard Superfood Creamers. These creamers are made from top-notch, all-natural, real food ingredients, giving you nothing but the best in every sip. Here, an inspiring tale. Liard began tinkering with his morning coffee routine almost 20 years ago. He discovered that adding healthy, adding healthy fats like coconut oil to his coffee not only enhanced the taste, but also provided him with incredible energy that lasted throughout the day. Eventually, he crafted the ultimate fuel pack coffee and started sharing his secrets with his surf buddies. So why not make the switch to Liard Superfood Creamers today? Elevate your morning ritual, fuel your day with clean energy, and never worry about hidden and harmful ingredients again. Are you ready to feel more energized, focused, and supported? Go to liardsuperfoods.com and add nourishing plant-based foods to fuel you from sunrise to sunset. Use our promo code ORGANICMATRIX at checkout to save 15% off your purchase today. Let's say you have a purpose and you love what you're doing. Now it's like, now it's time to change. And now it's time to pivot to something new. You hear all the time, like all these people who retire and they like totally create a new career. I think it's just so exciting when I see that. So, you know, don't feel stuck. I mean, you, you definitely can feel, I mean, you're going to eventually feel stuck. What I mean is, don't get stuck in that mindset um, of being stuck, you know? Don't feel like that you're in this sticky situation, um, except, I mean, sometimes people are, but what I mean is like, have that mindset of being open to any possibility that can come your way, you know? I hope that makes sense. I know it's a little ranty. <laughs> I love it, and I agree with you. Um, we don't have, we, we, we don't have, we have to just keep going sometimes, just one step in front of the other, and one one thing that I learned is once we claim our purpose, that's the beginning of our work. Because when you get fully immersed in how you serve others, one, we're doing such a justice to our future selves. Because in psychology, when we reach old age, we reflect on our legacy and we reflect on our impact on the people that we care about and the generations to come. So as soon as we start to understand that we came to this planet to not only live, love, and laugh here we also like came here to serve humanity that's when the fun really starts and i'm sure you feel the same way that ever since i i claim my purpose of like being a podcaster i look at all my material and all of the possible creations i can make to serve people and i just like lay at night with my eyes closed thinking about all the things that i could provide my community and it's just i never can imagine being done with it and, I, and that's the thing that fulfills me and it gets my ego to like look at it and be like hmm because for some reason we always think there's some kind of happily ever 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 after but it's a never-ending story oh, i love that <laughs> that's really great i'm glad you know you found your purpose and as you experience things like you said it's always changing it's not a it's not necessarily fairy tale but i love that when you when you claim your purpose and you move forward with it and you're like you immerse yourself in the space you become passionate more um and you are feeling fulfilled it it's a it's an amazing feeling <laughs> and i love that you said that you close your eyes at night and you just reflect on the things that you've been able to create and i get it i get a sense of like also feeling that gratitude i think that's really important too is when you're on this journey have those 
reflective moments of wow this is where i was before this is where i was now and i think when you do that you also remind yourself of your why i think sometimes why organizations and people kind of forget you know when they forget their why they kind of forget their purpose and they don't know where that purpose is going anymore you kind of have to remind yourself of why you're doing it um and i think that can help your trajectory like kind of push forward your north star and keep going forward because sometimes i think you can get stuck in like in like the weeds <laughs> and like just all of life and so sometimes remind yourself of that why and uh, and having those moments of gratitude i think is what helps you keep moving forward especially when it gets hard that's a, that's especially when those moments when it gets hard and you're thinking why am i even doing this anymore I, i'm not finding fulfillment or i'm not getting the traction that i want and then going back to thinking about who you were before and the gratitude then you realize oh i remember why now and then for some maybe they are not finding fulfillment they need to find something else but for some maybe they need to go back and be grounded in who they were before and kind of reflect who they've become so i hope that makes sense but yeah i'm glad that you feel that way <clears throat> thank you can you give us some insight on how the beginning of walking the path to self-love could look like for some people and how it looked like for you again i think the the path to self-love is for one making those claiming those affirmations that you deserve it and that you deserve to feel loved i say that because it's not easy to i think the process of self-love is very difficult and i still struggle with it i don't think i'm ever at a place where i completely self-love myself i feel like there's always something i have issues with like everyone else it's a i think self-love is a very hard thing in self-care which is why sometimes I don't like when people gloss over self-care, self-love, like you deserve it. It's easy. You know, just love yourself and everything will be fixed. That's not true at all. <laughs> For one, it that won't fix everything. It definitely will you know, change your mindset and your outcome. Yes. And that will change. Once you change your outset and your mindset and your outcome, sometimes you change your environment, you change, you know, everything you feel different about yourself. True. But I think also we forget that it's not a zero to 100. It's a long journey. It's a, it's a mess. <laughs> and so sometimes you love yourself, some days you don't. Um, and then some days you do again. And so, again, the first thing you need to do is just say that you deserve it. Even if you don't believe it, I think saying it to yourself or just thinking it throughout the day, I think is, I think is like the first step. Because I think, again, it's like, you may not necessarily love yourself, but you tell yourself you deserve it, though. Do you know what I mean? And so, you know, another thing I think you should do is every single, I think also every single day, I struggle to do this. I forget to do this, but I try my best to do it every day. Every single day, try to find one positive thing about yourself, anything, whatever it is that you are struggling. I think that this is another step I'll say after, but for this, I think find that one thing that you are proud of. It may not necessarily have to do with loving your body or loving your mental health or loving your self-image but like if you're proud of something say i'm proud of myself and i can't believe i accomplished this and i think that can totally start changing things um and then for me i don't do this enough but something i also try to do is you know when you have a negative thought about yourself quickly try to change that and make it positive not that exact thought but bring in a positive thought and say i don't like the way i look today but wait i actually do like this aspect of myself, you know what I mean? And so I think that's a good, that's a thing you can do. And also I think, I think also people think that you're alone and you have to, you have to bring out self-love from within. 
at the end of the day, yes. But I think that there's nothing wrong with surrounding yourself with people that will bring out that that light. I think that the when you can surround yourself with people who challenge you in a good way and give you such positive support, yeah, you start feeling better about yourself. You don't have to self-love on your own. It's too difficult, <laughs> especially when you're around people. If you're around people that give you doubts and negative energy, how could you love yourself? I mean, some people do. And I think that's great because I think when you, like if you're around people that bring your energy down or bring all these doubts, I think in a way you kind of believe what they're saying because they wouldn't bother you then. So if you can get to a place of peace and like, again, ground yourself in who you are, maybe even change your surroundings, being around people that have supported you um, or bring you that selfless love that you need. I think at the end of the day, you do start seeing a change in yourself. Like I actually am starting to love myself. And then to the point where when you get to that position where you love yourself a lot and you have that confidence, I think that's when those doubts that people have of you are not going to affect you as much. They'll still affect you, but not as much because you know who you are at this point. And now you kind of have gone against those those error ways. And I mean error ways as in, again, we're bothered by doubts people have because we somewhat believe it. Um, I, that's what I think. And so when you can kind of erase that, and then even if you surround yourself again with people who have that negative energy, but you still know who you are. You know what I mean? So I think that it is a process. And I think part of it is surrounding yourself with people who are going to bring out the best in you. But again, not everybody has that, which is why self-love is so hard. But the things I mentioned at the beginning are things I think people can do as well. Um, and also just reading about other people. You know, there's so many books on self-love. And, you know, there's a lot of people that talk about self-love and self-care all the time on social media now. So even just engaging with accounts and content creators or just authors that have gone through that and seen their their transformation from before to after, I think is great. So <clears throat> there's many things you can do to kind of feel self-love. <clears throat> but yeah, that's what I would say. Yes, I love what you said. And when you mentioned that sometimes we can be in a place where we're saying that we we need to love ourselves and we deserve it, but I don't, I could see how that could trigger our inner child because it's like, ourselves validating that I don't love myself but I deserve it and that that could like when we when we're little kids when we would throw tantrums like let's say we're at the store with our parents we'd see a toy that we want we're like mom I want this I know I've been good I know I deserve it but as a kid we have no idea what financial burdens look like and what kind of things our parents are dealing with so you know it's it's normal for our parents to say not today and what happens like we throw a fit and then we cry and then we make a scene and I feel like we go through that in our inside of ourselves still like we might not be acting it out but it might slip out as a behavior or an attitude and so I never thought about that before you mentioned like that that phrase and um I could see how sometimes our inner narrative could be very offensive to our own selves Oh gosh, yeah, I was I was talking to someone who said that, you know, even though it's part of us, we need to treat those thoughts as if they're not our own, that it's coming from an outside force, kind of like a darkness. I think if you can treat it that way, because I think that we, we think of those thoughts and we go, this is who I am. I do have those doubts. Yeah, true. But like, I, I treat it as if, no, that's different. That's not me. I know who I am, but those doubts are going to leak in, right? And so I try myself, no, that's an outside force and I need to go against that. 
you know, and it's hard, especially when that's coming from your inner child. You know, I think it's great to, to kind of connect with your inner child because you can learn about, you can tap into that imagination that we've lost and those memories. And that's where you can also find your purpose because you can really determine what it is that you were passionate about or what brought you joy. And I think also when you have that childhood trauma, going into that inner trauma, inner childhood, you can, you can definitely bring out some of that childhood trauma you experienced and that will kind of, you know, push forward those thoughts of, I don't deserve love at all. I deserve this. I deserve to be in such a horrible situation. Um, so it's so difficult because it's all, it's all within us, but we have to definitely determine how we're going to go against some of those thoughts because some of those thoughts are, you know, a disservice to us. Yeah, something that my friend, he's a life coach, his name is Carlos de Playa. He he treats his inner child like like he'll talk to it. Like and, and I started that practice too and it like helps me a lot. Like sometimes I'll see myself having like a negative thought, like maybe I get rejected and I'm like, Wow, they didn't see worth in me which is not what they said. You know, that's an unhealthy inner narrative. But I know where it comes from. It comes from an inner child that felt like oh mom doesn't want to hear my story about what i did today or about my art picture she's not interested i'm not then i'm worthless like the self-worth narrative but when i started like realizing where that that pain come from i started looking at myself and i was like you know what i still love you it's okay we'll be okay we'll take control of this we'll see what we can work on and let me not speak for this other person and so i I, and another coach that i speak to her name is uh christina shepherd she's she was a guest on our show she calls it reparenting and so i i i want to bring this little exercise to you matrix members and see like maybe next time you're you're catching yourself in a negative thought loop how where is this voice coming from is it your inner child? Is it your inner teenager? Or is it an intrusive thought because this isn't like someone else made us feel insecure? I would love to invite you to investigate and share with us how this practice works for you on social media. So when did you start becoming a mental health and disability advocate? Do you have kids, little cousins, nieces and nephews? If so, I bet you're tired of the pain from stepping on Legos. And I bet you're fed up with the subpar cardboard jigsaw puzzles. We have a fantastic solution for you today. Juan Go Puzzles. These puzzles aren't just like any other ordinary jigsaw puzzle. They're an exceptional work of art, meticulously crafted from genuine wood, breathtaking designs, and distinct shapes. Juan Go Puzzles promise not only a delightful but stimulating experience it'll keep you hooked and the best part all the pieces are guaranteed to be included so you'll never have to worry about an incomplete puzzle again indulge your puzzle passion with wango puzzles a true treat for your intellect and creativity say goodbye to flimsy cardboard and hello to premium wooden jigsaw puzzles they're 100 wooden and they'll last forever each piece is hand-drawn, so no two pieces are the same, and you'll discover some fun, whimsical pieces as you work through it. They come in custom wooden box, which is a perfect gift for storage. With stunning designs and unique shapes, Wongo puzzles are a cut above the rest. I love doing the snow globe puzzle myself. 
it was a great to pull out a puzzle and have it done at night and have it on the table and not have it on the table for a week. What are you waiting for? Go to wongopuzzles.com and pick your puzzle today. And be sure to use the promo code ORGANICMATRIX to get 10% off your order. This is the most fun you'll have with the puzzle, I guarantee. Or get your money back. Go to wongopuzzles.com and use the code ORGANICMATRIX to get 10% off your order and get puzzling right now. Well, I mentioned my experience of you know, always experiencing mental health. I find out I had a, a disability like being neurodiverse. That's why I struggled in school yeah. on top of, you know, the depression and anxiety, you know, and I also had migraine headaches at the time. So there's a lot of things that were somewhat making schoolwork a very tough challenge. And luckily I was on a 504 plan because my mom, you know, really advocated for me to get the accommodations I needed and the support. And of course it changed my world. I probably <laughs> wouldn't have done well at all in school. I'm not saying I was doing relatively well though too. <laughs> I was still doing okay. You know, I I, I, I didn't really take school seriously till the middle of middle school. That was when I, you know, I learned that, you know, school was serious and I needed to get more serious about it. And I felt better about better, getting better grades. I felt, again, more valuable, more worthy. But but anyways, yeah, so I really became an advocate, though, not, not necessarily in high school, but I was involved in high school in Best Buddies, which is a, you know, disability organization where, you know, it helps people with disabilities of, you know, uh, intellectual developmental disabilities, it's mostly for, you know, that specific, that population of people with disabilities, and really about, you know, finding them friendships, finding them employment, um, raising money, um, making the world just more inclusive, and organically, you know, accessible and diverse. So I've always loved the organization. I loved when I was involved in high school. And then when I moved on to university, I kind of got involved in different things, like student government. I kind of forgot about what that organization meant to me. And it wasn't until mm, around my third year, I think, or going into like, yeah, definitely going into my third year, where I joined the Access and Disability Alliance, which is a an affinity group um, that was at my college campus. And it was all about just how to create a more inclusive campus regarding the disability community. And I just really enjoyed how I felt. That is one thing I will say. I really felt inspired by how I felt. When I, when I first attended the organization, everyone was so nice, everyone was so kind. And it definitely, the, the grace that I felt was what inspired me to stay. And it wasn't, no, I, I'll be honest, it wasn't I joined because I wanted to make a difference for the disability community. I just, I didn't know much about it. I just wanted to join because my friend actually kind of, he knew I knew, he knew I was like a little interested. And so he asked me to join and I did. And, but I stayed because of that. That was the first thing. I think that's so important that, you know, groups can, can like shine that kindness. And that's what, that's what keeps people to stay. <clears throat> and then you know, learning so much about disability. I got involved in, I just loved it. I, I you know, I, I was like, I remember this from Best Buddies. I remember this feeling. And so I got involved in so many organizations. I did internships. Everywhere I went, I was talking about disability, disability rights. And I just became so in, so enthralled in all the, just the communities and like just the people in them. And, you know, and then I realized, I was like, wow, I forgot that also I was on a 504 plan. I have a disability, but like, it was never really told that way. It was always told like, oh, you just have a, 
you have an issue with attention, um, which it's more than that, you know, and I learned that now. Um, and so, you know, and I understand why I probably wasn't told that because, you know, disability has been so stigmatized that, you know, we don't want to talk about that because of the way disability has been portrayed for so long. I understand, but it would have been better for me to have known that. So I realized that, so even when I moved on to university, I could receive accommodations that I needed in school. So that's where I became an advocate. Just joining that organization really pushed me forward. And through that, I joined so many organizations. I learned as much as I could about different communities and the world of disability is incredibly vast. It's huge. There's so many different types of disabilities. Then there's the politics of disability, the culture of it. Then there's also the biology and the science of disability, which I don't know anything about, you know, of why disabilities happen. And so there's so much. And that's why I think the community is interesting. And of course, because I identify with it and the mental health community. <clears throat> and I just see how they're stigmatized and treated and no one takes like ableism seriously or sanism. People don't even know what sanism or ableism is. And I don't fault people that don't know because it's just not widespread enough. And if people don't know, sanism is, you know, basically racism, like the term ism, but it's for people who have mental health conditions. So you're just against them because they have mental health conditions. And then ableism is for disability. Even though mental health is under disability, they did kind of differentiate the two with those terms. But so like, you know, some literally like something ableist can happen. Like a student is, like a student experiences ableism. The amount of support that they might get Sure, they'll get support, but like I think a lot of people just won't understand where they're coming from, as opposed to when someone experiences like racism or sexism. Sure, there's still people that are not going to support that or support that person. But like I think that there's strong enough communities that they know where to go if that ever happens. Like if I were to experience ableism, I might not know where to go or like who who do I tell? Like would anyone support me? Does anyone even know what this is or what's going on? So I think that sometimes people with disabilities have to be self advocates, which I think is sad, but. Um, but for survival, they've had like people with disabilities have had to be their strongest own advocate because there may not be a community behind them or they don't know where to turn to. <clears throat> so or there may not be groups for disability. They don't know where to go. So that's one thing I would say about, you know, uh, what made me a mental health and disability advocate. <laughs> well, I'm very grateful that you joined that group with your friend because to normalize disabilities in a school setting is so important as you were telling me how these how, like how these kids could be experiencing their disability and feeling stigmatized it makes me think like how many tragic deaths how many school shootings can we avoid if we actually had active programs for students for their mental health like we look at a person named uh, Elliot Roger. He was a mass shooter in Florida. He had a YouTube channel where he was giving narrative to his intentions and his experiences at school. It was obvious that he was going to do something violent soon, but nobody was looking. He had plenty of views on YouTube, but none of those views took his mental health seriously or his cry to help. So I thank you for that. And I'm also, I have uh, two learning disabilities and like growing up, my mom's like my parents, they never explained my disability to me. And I didn't do research on it because they didn't want me to self handicap. But going through life, not knowing what kind of neuro, like 
network I have, like with dyslexia and ADHD, like my perspective is literally different. I'm over here thinking that I'm a weirdo and that I don't get it. Like, am I slow? But I'm not. I'm, ju I'm just unaware that I'm just different. Oh my gosh, wow. I'm, well, I'm, I'm happy we connect on that too. Because, yeah, I feel like, you know, I feel like knowing is so much more helpful than knowing that you're not alone and that there is like an actual explanation. It's like, how can I have such a hard time reading and comprehending um, and able to process information or, or to stay focused? It's because of this reason. Instead of feeling, oh, what do I need to do differently? It's all my fault. Um, no one's like me out there. It's like, wow, there actually is a strong community. And I love how open people are. Like, I know a lot of people that are just like, yeah, I got, I'm neurodiverse, I have ADHD. And I'm like, power to you. Like, you know, like own your identities. I love that, you know? I, I again, not everyone can do that, but I love when people can be open about it and just share they have a disability like that. And I'm just like, yeah, because, you know, back then it was such attached to shame. And again, people would automatically, since people didn't know or they were against it, they would just, they would just assume, oh, you're dumb or you're slow or you're stupid. Like they would, yeah, that was like the reality. And, but now it's like, I'm glad that people understand that it's not, it's not slow. You just process things differently, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's not slow. It's not fast. It doesn't matter. Every student deserves to be heard and deserves to learn in a classroom setting that's inclusive and accessible. So yeah, thanks for sharing that. Thank you. I love the work that you're doing. And I think it's so valuable. Our kids need this and the future is just going to be more of us. We're not going to be minorities for long. And there's a lot of changes that need to be made. And there's a lot of educational updates that we need to have in our system. And I'm glad that we could be advocates for the future that's necessary for the well-being of our future generations. Um, I would love to ask you to challenge our Matrix members and give them three exercises of self-love that they could practice at home. I mean, here's one. I, I mean, I mentioned the ones that I mentioned to you. So those are ones I, I consider those as well. But you know what? I think that what could be kind of fun is, you know, get a sticky note and write a bunch of positive messages. Maybe put them around the house or maybe put them in your room. And so when you're working on something and you just look at the message, it's right there. You know, that was something that I, I did with my partner. <laughs> I thought it was funny and it was inspired by a game I played with my mom, which I love the movie Kiki's Delivery Service. Have you heard of it? Yes. Yes. I so it. I have a little stuffed animal of Gigi. <laughs> and so I would literally hide him. And I say him because I know that he's like a boy in the English version. I know he's a girl in the other version. So I say him because of that. But anyways, I would hide him. And it would be so funny that I would hide him in like the refrigerator <laughs> or like in a bowl, like up somewhere. And then my mom would find it and she would send me pictures. And it was just always so fun. Then I thought it would be more fun because, you know, my partner was kind of stressed out at, at this time. Not when I did that, but later. I was like, huh, I'm going to do the game. But this time I put sticky notes. I put them around and I just put little positive messages. And so when he would randomly find them, it would be like a little reminder that I was there telling him that. So I, I that's a kind of a little game that I kind of thought of that would be funny. And again, also, or just, or just, just write it down, you know, like have a big whiteboard and write down the positive messages about yourself that you can affirm to yourself every single day. You know, that I think that, or also another thing is maybe, maybe find a friend though, that would do it. You say, could you send me a positive message every day that I need? randomly again i think because and i love i think it's important when you do that because like you disrupt your thoughts so like 
I'm trying to remember, but there's like this, was it Hawthorne Institute? They came out with a study that said we have like 50 to 60,000 thoughts a day and 80% are negative. So since negative thoughts are so normal, it's like we need to infiltrate them with some sort of positive messaging and that will eventually change our habits. So we do think a lot more positively. Um, so those two things, maybe having a friend to share that. And then I'm trying to think of another one. I, I really don't. Or even just, oh, you know what's another one I could think of? Giving yourself self-love breaks. So you know how like, you know, throughout the day we forget to give give ourselves breaks. Sometimes people need a self-love break. And I'm telling you to like schedule that break. Put it in your calendar that you're going you're gonna to block off 30 minutes or whatever you can block off. And those 30 minutes are for you to just self-love yourself. Do the affirmations or read a book or do something that you enjoy that can take away from what you're working on so you don't get hyper-focused or you don't get, you know, triggered by what you're working on because we work on something for too long, you know what happens. <laughs> so, you know, I think we need we need those breaks. And we need to be intentional because a lot of people say, yeah, I deserve more breaks. No, you need to schedule them though. Schedule them and set that alarm. Like sometimes that's what you need so you will for sure do it. And, or even just sit there and do nothing. Close your eyes, whatever it is. You know, just, that I think is self-love is giving yourself the time and space that you need. So those are some activities I would in. I would suggest people do. Thank you so much, Zane. I can't wait to try these activities myself. That sticky note game sounds so fun. So, Zane, we're at the end of our podcast episode, but we do have our final three rapid fire round. <laughs> Who is one of your favorite celebrity role models? Celebrity role models. Hmm. <laughs> I'll be honest, I never, I never like kind of vied with celebrities. Like, I, I don't mean that in a bad way, but I mean, like, I've never been inspired by celebrities, if that makes any sense. I will say, I think one person that does inspire me, like Patrick Stewart is pretty interesting. I, th I think that, I think that's the right person. <laughs> like, I was looking on his Instagram feed yesterday, and he just like, will read sonnets, and he'll read books. And I'm always just like, this is like the wholesome content that I definitely want. And, or he'll be promoting the movies he's on. But when he, when he just sits there and he's reading a book in front of like an ocean or something, I'm always like, that's the piece that I want. So I'm actually really inspired by that because he's just, he's just living his truth. Like he's just reading, you know, bringing joy, bringing poems to us. Like I don't see a lot of people doing that. I think it's great. I love that. I have to, I have to check him out. I have to ask for a link later. What has been the highlight of this past week? Mm. <laughs> I think the highlight of this past week is just getting more immersed because I have a new job. I'm working at the National Geographic Society and it is, I started three weeks ago. I'm doing internal communications and, you know, I'm gonna be honest, I, I already experienced imposter syndrome. Like first week happened and then my boss was like, yeah, you're gonna start doing like more work next week. And I was like, oh my God, like I can't do it. I already, I was, I was already freaking myself out. Um, and then he, at the end of the second week, he's like, yep, more work will be coming. Um, it still felt slow because it's like the onboarding process. But then like this week I've been working on a lot of stuff and like I've been, I've been enjoying it and I've been doing well. And so that is probably the highlight is just getting more immersed in my job, meeting more people. And yeah, I'm really grateful for it. Yes. Congratulations. I wish you so much success and comfort at your new job. And where did you grow up? I grew up here in the same place. I am in Chino, California. So people don't know, Chino is probably 
one hour from Los Angeles, as everyone knows what Los Angeles is. <laughs> That's awesome. How was it like growing up in China? It's a very interesting city. You know, it's kind of agricultural. Like there are some farms around here. Sometimes the the smell was interesting, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but you know, I was a Boy Scout, and we had to do citizenship in the community. And so my mom and I actually we had to like go around the whole city and find like monuments and sites. And sometimes we would run into people who were on their horses.、Um, we learned about that Chino was famous for like their sweet corn. There's so many things, and it's like there's actually like again. Remember I said everyone has a rich history. So it is the place you live. We just don't. We're just like oh, this place is whatever. It's not that great. Well, it, for one, we take it for granted because we're here. But like, yeah, like maybe explore the the place you live, like the city. Like there could be a lot of history there that's actually really cool. Yes, Zane, I find this conversation so wholesome. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with me and your life experience.、Uh, I look forward to staying in contact. If you feel inspired to follow and work with Zane, follow him on LinkedIn. All feedback is welcome and helps us serve our fellow Matrix members. To stay up to date with our Matrix mentors and what we have in store for you, bookmark our website and subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel. It was great to have you with us on the Organic Matrix Show, and we'll be seeing you on the following download.